0: It's almost time for your editors. But first, let's take a look at your newspapers. And we start off this morning with the Sunday Sun. They lead with So Long Mama. South Africa says goodbye to the mother of a nation with a beautiful picture of Mama Winnie on the front page with a quote. If you are to free yourselves, you must break the chains of oppression Yourselves, So says Mama Winnie Madigizela Mandela on the front page of The Sunday Sun. The Sunday World leads with Zanani tears for Mama Winnie. Struggle Icon's daughter laments the smear campaign against her mom at Winnie Madigizela Mandela's funeral. On the front page of The Independent, The Sunday Independent, it leads with Juju stokes the fire. Malema leads the charge for Winnie's legacy at her funeral. Uh, That's the big story they have. Bottom of the page, KPMG executives quit over VBS uh, bank scandal. That's the front page of the Sunday Independent. The Sunday Times leads with Mama Winnie's dying wish. The funeral of Mother of the Nation provides a platform for meeting of minds between the ANC and the EFF uh, with a picture of her daughters on the front page there. And at uh, the bottom of the page uh, uh, there that says, we will ask them to come back home because you said it yourself that they must come home. So says uh, uh, Fakile Mbalula, the bottom of the page there that is to the EFF, of course. That's the uh, Sunday Times, uh, the uh, Afrikaans paper, the report. They're leading with uh, Danil, that's a bursary to the Northwest Premier, son of a million rand and the Guptas. Uh, so, Fluch the aeroplane of the Guptas, back at uh, Lanseria. Well, that's the front pages of the newspapers. Uh, you can keep them coming, and we'll still engage with you on various topics that we've covered here this morning. Elvis Presley, 6 to 7 a.m., Saturdays and Sundays. It is time for your favorite program back on your radio at 6.35, the editors. This morning, we say a very warm welcome to Sophie Mukoena, our SABC's acting political editor. Very good morning to you, Sophie.
1: Good morning, Elvis.
0: And we also say a very good morning to Juanita Williams uh, from uh, AllAfrica.com, managing editor there. Juanita, very good morning to you.
2: Good
0: morning. Now, the big story, ladies, this morning is, of course, Mama Winnie Madikizela Mandela. As Thousands of South Africans from all walks of life have gathered at Orlando Stadium yesterday uh, to pay their last respects to Winnie Madikizela Mandela. Friends, family, political leaders in attendance reflected on the triumphs and the challenges on, of the life of the struggle icon, her daughter's decried the humiliation that their mother suffered at the hands of some and others called for her to receive the highest honours the country has to offer. Now, Sophie, you were there personally yesterday at the stadium and at the house of Mama Winnie. Uh, Take us through the funeral yesterday and and what transpired.
1: Well, in the morning when uh, the family left the house, it was clear that uh, she is gone and uh, she was going to be laid to rest. Finally, after years of trials and tribulations, and you could see the family, they were in pain. But I think the highlight was when Zanani delivered that speech where she tried to share her thoughts. And I think the same sentiment would have prevailed if uh, Zinzi had to deliver the speech. Only the sister who delivered the speech. In that speech, it it was a very powerful speech, a very, very powerful speech. Zenani often is an introvert. She's very, very uh, private and quiet and diplomatic and very, very sensitive and vulnerable. She doesn't talk much. I was shocked that she was brave to take to the podium and delivered a speech. Zinzi on the other hand, she is very brave, very, very brave. You can hear in the documentary how she speaks, how she emphasizes points, her body language, her tone, her voice. But Zenani is very, very private, very soft, very fragile. It speaks to the fact that they were very, very hurt for many, many years. And yesterday, it was a day where she felt, no matter how difficult it was, she was going to tell the whole world how they felt all these years. Because truth be told, these were girls, and when their mother was humiliated, harassed, imprisoned, they felt it. It is for that reason Mamuni took a decision to send the nanny to Swaziland to go to school. She was trying to remove them, that they shouldn't feel the pain. They shouldn't feel this. And this is something that any mother would do. When you are in pain, you hide it. You hide it. You don't want your children to see it. But I can tell you, they see everything that happens around you. And they feel it. They carry it. Yesterday, they were trying to relieve what they felt inside for many, many years. And that was the most powerful speech for me.
0: Uh-huh. Talking about Zanani's tears for her mother and, of course, that speech, uh, uh, Juanita, uh, she says uh, her, her daughters, in fact, uh, uh, Zanani said that she laments the smear campaign against her mother, uh, Winnie Madikizela Mandela, at that particular funeral. Uh, she was in a, in, a, in a place where she said that this was probably also the time when her mother suffered the most and the African National Congress and many others turned her back on her.
2: Yes, I mean, I, I think it's exactly clear that it was, you know, a really powerful moment. And <clears throat> the news that has been coming out over the past couple of um, of days about the campaign against um, against her has been disturbing. But what has also been disturbing is that um, people are using facts in a way, still using facts in a way that um, suits their agenda. So people that may have turned their back on on Winnie madikizela Mandela, have changed their stories. So I think that the journalists just have to be um, careful about how they report on, on what has happened and what has happened in the past, because it's so easy to change the past to suit what is happening now.
0: now talk- you know what, I just yes. want
2: to
1: join the... You know mm-hmm. what, when I listen to the documentary, when I watch the news, the exclusive interview with the former security bench op- branch operators. Yes. The Stratcom operators, and you know those guys, Erasmus and them. What came to my mind? I, I, I did my own analysis. I realised then that everybody, everybody, was infiltrated. Three phases. One, Mama Weenie, was infiltrated. In other words, there were people around her who were sent there to deal with her. Secondly, those who wanted to help out or who loved her, who were there to protect her, didn't realize that they were infiltrated. Infiltrated in a way that the stratcom, the misinformation, they didn't have, they couldn't process information. They received. For example, the U, uh, UDF, I think UDF, because it was inside South Africa, operating in South Africa, they didn't have the capacity of, uh, of processing misinformation of intelligence operators. Those who were in exile, the ANC in exile, they did have the intelligence services. But I think it wasn't meant to process Communication type of thing. It was more for a warfare, and therefore everybody had this wrong information. But indeed, at times there were mistakes as these informations were doing around and events happened. So everybody just became a culprit, and it is for that reason everybody is now realizing that yeah, this happened. It's true, but why did it happen? Mm. We then realize now that it was because there was a clear clear, clear, psychological concerted effort to, 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 to deal with uh, the, the, the liberation organization. And anybody who wanted to be brave enough to challenge the system, the system was going to use different ways to deal with that particular person. Yeah. So maybe everybody just became a victim. And it is for that reason, I think, moving forward, we must really, really do a proper investigation in terms of what transpired so that this mistake doesn't happen again and the country is able to move forward without this
0: now, now, the South African National Forum, edi- uh, it's Editors Forum, rather, uh, the chairperson, Maslatsi M- M- Maslase, says that Sane fully acknowledges the brutality of the apartheid regime and its misinformation campaigns. But they also warned that ups- un- unsubstantiated claims uh, put journalists at risk of physical harm and having their credibility unnecessarily questioned. Let's listen.
1: It is critical that concrete evidence is brought forward to substantiate claims that specific journalists supported the apartheid state security establishment. In the absence of any such evidence, the circulation of unsubstantiated rumors is irresponsible, dangerous and extremely damaging to media freedom. Those who have concrete evidence of any such wrongdoings by journalists working in South Africa at the height of apartheid should come forward
2: immediately.
0: Juanita, if you look at this particular story, was uh, this this call for anyone to come forward with evidence, is this perhaps a bit too late?
2: No, I don't think it's ever too late. There's too many um, issues that haven't been dealt with um, from the past um, and and from the apartheid era. I think that what has happened is that information is becoming freely available and people are able to express their opinions about that information more freely. This is a very good thing. However, it can be damaging to people's reputations if the if if the information that comes out is not substantiated. Hmm. So unsubstantiated I mean I stand with standard unsubstantiated allegations against anyone, including journalists, is 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 really damaging. And it needs to be investigated. I agree completely with Sophie. There needs to be a huge investigation to find out exactly who was involved and to detail the action that was taken. And, and I know that at the moment, um, there aren't that many investigative journalism units, but I think that somebody should really take it on as soon as possible.
0: Now, the work of the. I think I, I oh, yes.
2: agree. I just want to say I agree.
1: Hmm. We must we must have a judicial commission of inquiry to investigate the sector. I'm saying the media sector, because the biggest mistake for me, whether I'm a journalist or an ordinary South African or a a person who was an activist pre-1994, I feel the fact that media didn't go to the TRC was the biggest mistake, because now we're sitting with sector all this information. And people will continuously make these allegations. And people's name will be dragged in the mud. Or it might be true. And as we do this, we must be very, very careful that uh, we shouldn't continue. Because when you say uh, substantiate, uh, those who are here, who believe in this thing, will think you are protecting. On the other hand, when you continuously make the allegations, those who are affected, and who are innocent, will feel the pain. So we have to stop the pain. Something must happen. It must be invested. TRC dealt particularly with politicians and the then apartheid government. Other sectors were not touched. Business, religious, and uh, uh, media sector. And now we're sitting with all these allegations. Something has to happen so Mm -hmm. that you can bring back, uh, we can move forward as a nation. And forgive or perhaps dealing with this issue in a different way. I think a proper investigation is needed so that you can clear people's names.
0: There was allegations also by Max DePrea that that particular list of the journalists was hand over to the TRC, but nothing was done about that list. Juanita?
2: Hmm. Um, well, you know what, I, I, I can't speak for the TRC and, and the processes that happened, they I think that um, it depends on who handed that list of 40 journalists over, because as we as we've said before, you know these these journalists have been accused of doing the work of Stratcom, and who gives the information about the journalists Stratcom? So if they are Stratcom, they were Stratcom people handing over lists of journalists that they claim worked with them. Why would we believe them? I think an independent investigation is what's needed. I think that yet, if a list was handed over to the TRC, who provided that list? And so Why all of those details are really important. Sophie? Why did
1: we believe other information that the Stratcom presented at the TRC? Mm. Why? Why did we believe other information that was presented by the security branch in terms of who did what and who killed what, who? And then people uh, that the TRC uh, made a ruling or a finding or made a recommendation around those people with the information from Stratcom and the security branch. Why are we selective? I'm not saying people are guilty. I'm saying if we want to move forward and forget, I mean, we know apartheid machinery was so, so, so powerful and misinformation could have been spread around so that people's names are damaged. At times perhaps people were not even aware. They thought it's a genuine information. They didn't have the capacity. As journalists we don't have the intelligence capacity. We are journalists. We are not intelligence operatives. We are journalists. And you get some information, you you, you try your level level best to, 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 to substantiate or to to, to gather facts. At times you do get the facts, at times you don't. I'm saying, for that reason, I think an investigation must be done. I mean, I was covering TRC. I was covering TRC for for the 30FM. The guy who nearly killed Chris Hani in Lesotho, I'm the journalist who uncovered that person. As I continued to dig and dig and dig and dig, you know, in terms of the stories, the sideline stories that I was doing. Unfortunately, I was doing it for uh, the FM and SUTU radio station. Perhaps some people were not uh, privileged to know that, mm. those stories. So there's a lot that still needs to be done.
0: Now, Mama Winnie accuses certain journalists of doing the work of the apartheid security establishment, Stratcom, which led to her being undermined and vilified. Now, as we indicated earlier, Sophie, if there is an investigation, will this perhaps clear her name?
1: I don't know whether uh, it will clear her name, but at least we will put this chapter as a nation behind us. Because you see now, people are now coming up with lots and lots of of information. The reality is, of course, that those who were members of the security branch and STRATCOM can't be trusted. I mean, perhaps... 30% 30% is true and 70% it's not true, or 70% is true, 30% is not true. But I think we we have to put this chapter behind us. Mm-hmm. And you can't just say, okay, it's done and dusted, there was heavy rains yesterday at the funeral, we have cleansed ourselves, it's done and dusted. The, 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 the suspicions will be there, and uh, I'm thinking if, some, You know, it's so painful when people make allegations and they don't substantiate the allegations that are leveled against you. Or you are being called names and you don't know. You know very well that I didn't do it. Yeah. And at times you are not that powerful at that moment. There's a public opinion. You can't, 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 you can't prevail. And they... So I think something must be done because
0: many people are hurt now. Yes. Let's move on to another story. It's another big one. The Hawks say that they are still waiting for an official request from Parliament to assist in tracking down some witnesses. Uh, This after Parliament has sent a stern warning to the former SAA board chairperson Dudu Mayeni, the Gupta brothers and former president Jacob Zuma, son Dizani, saying that they can run but they can't hide. Now, on Wednesday, Parliament said it planned to ask the law enforcement agencies, such as the Hawks, to track down the witnesses. This is after they snub Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprises, which is investigating allegations of state capture at some state-owned enterprises. Here's the Hawks spokesperson, Hangwani Malautsi. We haven't been uh, formally requested uh, to assist. However, as soon as we get that uh, request, we will engage them uh, to find uh, a better and a concrete way to deal with this matter. Now, Juanita, we know that uh, AJ Gupta was declared a fugitive, and, and uh, he will, he, it was appealed to him that he hand himself over, but this is still not the case, even though he was spotted in Dubai.
2: Yes, I mean, this is a this is a case of, of where exactly is AJ Gupta. Um, I think that you calling the walks in is, is probably the right move. Um, I think that, however, um, the more resources you have, the easier it is for you to move around the world. And the more possible it is that um, pinpointing exactly where A.J. Gupta is and finding him and bringing him back to um, answer these questions is going to be really difficult.
0: Looking at this particular story, if he's been seen by the members of the public, Sophie, in Dubai, why can't they just go and fetch him?
1: (laughs) Perhaps because a South African had the video and we saw the pictures and now we believe that he's in Dubai. How many times have reported that they are in Dubai? Mm. Google checked the reports, SABC radio and television. Mm. For the last past two months, we've been reporting that they're in Dubai. They're something between Dubai and India. We've been to their countryside, where they come from. We've reported. That's why we told the story of a big temple that they are building with almost the South African rent is to translate those, uh, uh, the, the dollars they spent. And we spoke to the relatives, we spoke to people around them, we broke the story that uh, the tax authorities are on their case right now. They were supposed to have presented themselves to the Indian tax authorities, you know, for the last past four weeks. They haven't. Last week we were battling even to get the reaction from the Indian authorities, the tax now because now i don't know whether they are also now scared or what but we know they are they are in, in, in dubai we know their properties there i don't understand the south african uh, uh i don't know the, the security establishment why they can't they can't we spoke to the Hawks at some point in time they indicated that uh, much as we don't have an extradition treaty with uh, with united arab Emirates, but there's a standing uh, agreement or relationship uh, where they uh, uh, brought somebody to South Africa to account was in the United Arab Emirates. Why they can't do it today? Mm.
0: Now, Sophie mentioned how, how we've covered it here. The SABC, Juanita, from 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 a print perspective, uh, how did we cover it there?
2: Um, well, I work on digital news. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how it was was covered, um, the Gupta story. Well, I mean, I think it's really difficult. We we kind of going back and forth. Uh, was he here he's this is being done to catch him. i mean it's It's really difficult to cover um concrete news about the Guptas and the summons because even though it seems like there's a lot happening around the issue um the 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 system is standing still i mean I agree with Sophia, you know, why can't why can't action be taken if we know where they are, why can't we do something?
0: Now moving to another story, the African National Congress Youth League Deputy Secretary General Tandi Moroka has called on the league's president, Colin Maine, to step down. Now she has accused Maine of being an attention seeker after he admitted that uh, the Northwest Premier Supra Mopelo is the one who introduced him to the Gupta brothers. Now Maine made that admission during a memorial service for the struggle icon Winnie Madigizela Mandela and Stroom in the Northwest. Moraka says that Maine has tainted the league's reputation as he had earlier denied the allegations when they, came first, when they first came out last year.
1: Our understanding is that it means that at his personal level, he is telling the nation and everybody else that he has done things in his personal capacity, abusing the space the youth league has given him. And as such, he might be going to court. And what I say, we don't want the name of the youth league to be tarnished. By a leader who has uh, already indicated to the nation the possibility of him going to court because of issues which really have nothing to do with the youth league.
0: Does this mean that the league is uh, has got problems uh, and, and 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 perhaps there is fissures within the African uh, the African National Congress Youth League? There, Sophie.
1: I think better late than not. That not. You remember, uh, there were allegations that uh, the Guptas did fund, minus private life. There were allegations around the car, around the house, and all that. And I remember at some point in time, on many public forums, he came out gun-blazing, defending the Guptas, even inciting those who are making allegations. And for me, when I saw that clip, I was like, okay, we are human. You must never forget, whether you're a politician, you're a journalist, you're a businessman, you are a human being. You will make mistakes, you will be caught, and you, at, when you confess, it's better than still denying. That's my suspicion that uh, perhaps it's based on something happening behind the scenes as part of this investigation. And I don't see any problem if he feels strong. To tell the truth. Why are we so scared when people tell the truth? Why is South Africa is so paranoid when people tell the truth? If you don't believe it, okay, you can say, let's investigate this thing properly, rather than continuing uh, fighting people when they tell the truth. I'm not saying it's telling the truth, but I'm saying we know. Go uh-huh. back, let's Google. I'll always refer because we, the all issues that have been reported are there, are kept. Even the allegations around yes. knowing they are there, you can Google, you get every yes. information, and you can make uh-huh. it uh, your own mind. So I'm saying rather than them fighting, let them call Maime, perhaps internally, the internal processes uh-huh. must be. Yes. Seen.
0: All right. Now we tried to invite to here, but unfortunately we couldn't get hold of him. But that's where we have got to leave it for now. Looking at, the, we still wanted to cover Russia and the US. Of course, uh, uh, the chemical attack there in Syria last week, and of course the uh, the the the, uh, the the strike by the US as well as French and uh, UK forces. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't have time to do that. Uh, Joanita looking at the week ahead, uh, what are we looking at? Well, we'll
2: probably be looking at at more um, reaction from. Um, Mandela's funeral, um, but on the continent, um, we definitely will be looking at um, President Mahmoud Buhari and the fact that he's running for re-election. And the really, to be blunt, bad reaction it's had in the country, um, the stock market took a dip. Um, There's been several reports that people are just not going to support him. So I think it's going to be uh, a difficult re-election for Nigeria, particularly seeing as the economy um, seems to be having quite a bit of of trouble Mm -hmm. and that the violence hasn't stopped. And that Buhari's promises um, when he was elected have not quite come through.
0: All right. And uh, Sophie, the week ahead, uh, 30 seconds.
2: Yes, indeed, as well as play a
1: this district. Uh, are we likely to hear more issues around the ANC, but also on the continent, elections, elections, yes, in Nigeria, but don't forget in the southern region, subject, Zimbabwe, is Zimbabwe ready uh, to go to elections? And Ethiopia, is Ethiopia uh, uh, on its way to stability with all the violence mm-hmm. and the protest?
0: All right, that's Sophie McQuenna, SABC's acting political editor, as well as Juanita Williams, allafrica.com managing editor for our editors this week. We'd like to thank our team and myself. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. Ciao for now. Arrivederci!